Well, our Advent devotional this week, for those of you who are using that at home, will invite us to consider the topic of change. We'll be reminded that a new baby is one of the most dramatic changes that happens in life, and we are anticipating the birth of an amazing child who changes everything. We'll be reminded of a teenage girl who saw her pregnancy not just as a future change, but a reflection of the inexorable path of justice God chooses. That is, God sees the plight of the poor and the oppressed and brings blessed change to their lives. Mary's song, that scripture that we'll say together responsively, reminds us that a change for the better for some can sometimes feel like a threat to others. If the oppressed are raised, the powerful find their influence diminished. If the hungry find food, did that food come from the table of the wealthy who now must face the harsh realities of life? That's certainly the interpretation that Herod the Great made. When he heard about this new king, he saw only a threat. This amazing child that will be entering our lives and the change he brings isn't just a societal shift. That child would grow up and enter into the lives of others and upend their worlds. George Bernard Shaw said progress is impossible without change, and those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. This child we await change minds and hearts, and values, and perspectives. He warned his followers the impact would be so great, it would feel like a sword severing relationships. And that might make us draw back. We might wonder, where's the good news in that? If we're comfortable, then perhaps we're the ones who will find our power removed. If we're planning grand feasts for families, Maybe this child will bring us to the point of hunger. And this child might invade our hearts and break us open and lead us into new perspectives that we might find very, very uncomfortable. Consider John the Baptist. He preached. He pointed to Jesus. He called the religious leaders a brood of vipers, pointing out the hypocrisy of their situations and attitudes. And like so many prophets, he suffered for speaking. He found himself locked up by Herod, the son of Herod who slaughtered the infants. Herod didn't take well to John pointing out that marrying your half-brother's wife was not moral. So John found himself languishing in prison, and he began to doubt. Was Jesus really coming to bring God's reign? And Jesus' response was to send back tidings of the incredible changes happening. The blind received their sight. The lame walked. The lepers were cleansed. The deaf heard. The dead raised. And the poor had good news brought to them. There was plenty of joy happening. But it is important for us to sit with John for a moment and consider the hard question his perspective offers us. 
Can we rejoice over change that others are blessed to experience if we find ourselves suffering? This Sunday, we lit two purple and a pink candle, and the pink candle represents our thirst for joy. The liturgy we spoke is pointed and poignant. Meet us in our grief for what has been lost, and meet us in our hope for what is to come in Christ Jesus. That's certainly where John was in prison. He had lost much, and he was trying to find hope again. He was searching for joy. How goes your search for joy this season? Where is change happening in your life? Is it a change that fills your heart with joy? Are the changes weighing your life down, sapping the joy that once buoyed your step? Are you in a mixed set of experiences? Are there moments of joy-filled laughter and then do tears from heartbreak also stain your face? No matter the changes that fill your days, no matter the changes the future has in store for our church, no matter what tectonic shifts await our country, God is at work. God's joy is spreading and we are invited to participate. Joy is coming, joy without ceasing, eternal joy, joy that brings life in the deserts, the deserts in our world, the deserts in our hearts. How do we connect with that joy? In Philippians, we find the well-known verse, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. It is imperative in nature, but every commandment in the scripture is also an invitation. God doesn't just command us to joy, but invites us to step into a new life. A new life where joy can grow and blossom in our hearts and spread from our lives into the world. John's joy would not be finalized this side of the resurrection. But let's consider a couple of groups and one person who accepted God's invitation to participate in that first Advent story and found joy. Some stargazers saw a sign in the heavens. Carefully planned an extensive trip, invested in expensive gifts, and embarked on a long journey. Years of travel brought changes to their lives, they had moments when they wondered if it was all worth it. What would they find? And when they beheld the star stop on the final leg of the journey between Herod's palace and Bethlehem in a meager stable, they knew their journey had finally come to an end. And they would present gifts to the king. And in that moment, they experienced overwhelming joy. Another group at the other end of the social and economic spectrum was the shepherds. This group didn't travel years looking for the Messiah, but they did spend years doing their jobs, suffering at the bottom of the social order, one of the marginalized groups of society. They kept at their tasks, watching and waiting. 
And then one night they were surprised by a sign from the heavens. Angels came to them announcing incredible good news. The Messiah, the one who would upend the social order and bring justice to the marginalized like the shepherds, that one had come. And they were invited to go and find him. And they found this child in meager circumstances and realized the Messiah was one of them, someone without rank or status or wealth. He certainly was going to be on their side in the world. Change was coming, and it was a good change. Talk about joyful good news. And finally, let us consider Mary. The Magnificat, Mary's words of joy when she encountered her cousin Martha, are powerful testaments to the way God's changes bring joy. And pardon, it's her cousin Elizabeth. Mary found incredible joy in knowing that God had selected her. The role she'd been given to bear the Messiah, she saw was an incredible blessing to celebrate. What role has God given you? Like star-gazing wanderers or shepherds or even Mary, we'd all been given a role by God and often several roles. Spouse, parent, child, friend, wise teacher, shepherd, many other holy callings exist in our lives. God has looked with favor upon us in giving us responsibilities. Recognizing what we do matters to God and to others is an important source of enduring joy. And it can be a path to joy when we realize that Mary's song can be our song, that God has a Magnificat for each of us to sing. Mary recognized her blessings and saw God, how God was working to change the world in amazing ways. And like Mary, when we see our role, we begin to recognize the way God is bringing incredible joy into the world. We recognize that our blessings bring joy to others. When the flame of joy, even a small one, flickers to life in our hearts, there is one way to ensure that that candle flame becomes a raging inferno. It is to share it. Where is the flame burning for you today? Even if it's a small one, you can make it grow by taking a small measure of joy and sharing that light with one other person. Is there joy in your heart because you realize you are so thankful for the material blessings that you have? Make sure someone else is likewise blessed. Like the loaves and fishes, the material blessings in our lives, when they're shared, they grow with each passing. Does the love of your family make joy glow in your heart? Don't hide that light. Share it with someone outside your immediate circle of friends and family. Sit with someone who others ignore. Buy them a cup of coffee. Spend time sharing joy through your simple presence. Have you come to realize how privileged your life is because of the security you enjoy? Take the time to get to know someone whose life doesn't have that security. You don't need to fix all their problems. Just be a friend, 
And just your presence can be a source of great joy and can increase their security. Joy brought together three amazingly different kinds of people to be a part of that first Advent story. Gentile stargazers, marginalized shepherds, a teenage mother, and each one of them found joy. God continues to send joy to unexpected people in unexpected places, and God will send that joy to us. And when God does, remember God is inviting us to share it with others. We can be witnesses to seeing the lame walk and the blind see, and we can help give food to the hungry and power to the oppressed. Amen.